The local economy in our region is a mix of old and new businesses, but all were created with a spirit of entrepreneurship. Host Cynthia Schur visits today with regional business leaders once a month on the ground floor. Today she speaks with Joey Koenig of Seven Robotics in Roseburg about the company's hardworking, heavy-lifting robots. You're listening to The Ground Floor, JPR's segment on entrepreneurial businesses in the state of Jefferson. I'm your host, Cynthia Schur. All businesses began because somebody had an idea, and then sometimes they have another idea. Back in November, The Ground Floor interviewed Dave, Dave Laracy, CEO of Convey in Roseburg. Convey makes robotics equipment for the wood products industry, and I encourage you to listen to that episode, which you can find by searching on ijpr.org. Today's guest is Joey Koenig, who is business director of Seven Robotics, which is an offspring of Convey. Welcome, Joey. Hey, Cynthia. Thank you for having me. I've listened to the ground floor a few episodes. I think it's a great show and happy to share our story today. Well, that's terrific. Thanks so much. So give us your version of how um, Seven Robotics got started. It was the brainchild of Dave Laracy, who you mentioned, and the management team at Convey, what they were seeing is more and more robotics uh, used in their automated lines. And they've been working in robotics for 14 or 15 years. There was growth there, and they thought it needed a dedicated team. The engineering is different than uh, what they were doing in the marketing. So they created the company Seven Robotics and and um, we've got a full-time staff pursuing those opportunities now. Oh, fantastic. And you have, a, you have an unusual company name. Uh, tell us where the name Seven Robotics came from. Yeah, good question, and we get asked that a lot. Seven, uh, the team wanted a number, and uh, seven obviously is a lucky number. I believe the thought was that it was representative of wholeness or completeness in several cultures. And so the, that's what they settled on. And uh, one of the the benefits that were unforeseen, I guess, at that time was when we go to a trade show, uh, we are typically at the top of the list in the directory. So that's been nice to have, too. Oh, very clever. So you didn't have to become AAA or Acme Robotics. Right. Number seven did it That's for right. you. <laughs> if there's a six robotics, then we'll have problems. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Well, I was looking on your on your website, and you have some really fascinating videos, both on the website and in your YouTube channel, about how your robots work. Can you describe for our listening audience, what does it look like to watch one of your systems in operation? You bet. Cynthia, and, and if we were here, we've got a lab with several uh, five or six cells uh, in production now. I'd encourage any listeners who want to stop by. We have an open tour ready with robots. But yeah, some examples. Uh, the robots are pretty big. These are industrial-sized robots. They can move relatively fast with heavy product. You know, I can describe a system that may be representative. Uh, one of our customers makes plywood some of this plywood goes in our homes. Some goes like in private jets and everything in between. So as you can imagine, they want to grade that correctly. It's a three-man process. There's a grader who looks at plywood and says, oh, that's an A, that's a B, that's a C. And there's also a couple of guys who they pull from another line to actually handle the product and tip it over. So we've 
We've designed a robot for those guys who can do all the heavy lifting. There's still a grader or an operator who's got the expertise in that uh, particular application. But instead of somebody, two people handling a heavy panel, the operator will select what it is, where that panel needs to go, and we'll use the robot to get it there. So it uh, takes the heavy lifting out and those particular two guys will be moved to a different place in that location. So does that mean that somebody who doesn't lift weights and work out could potentially do that job or that uh, the jobs, those kinds of jobs are then also open to women? The answer is yes. Out in, for our customers, the operators do not have to lift heavy weights. In fact, it's more like a video game in some respects. So yeah, they're, they're at the controls. There's a touch screen. Um, they're making decisions sometimes about you know, what program the robot runs. And then for Seven Robotics specifically, we, men and women, there are no no lifting requirements here either. Right. I saw just, it's just, like I said, it's very impressive when you see what those machines can do and how they take a lot of the heavy labor out of the manufacturing process. Yes. Yeah. And we, we like to say, you know, dull, dirty, and dangerous are the jobs where we see the biggest need for our equipment. And um, as you can imagine, in, in, a, in a mill setting, in a manufacturing setting, there are plenty of opportunities where we can, we can take out those jobs and replace them with something that's more safer and free up those people to do something else. My understanding is that you purchase the robots from another manufacturer, and then what your firm does is you customize it to what your clients want. Is, can you tell us a little bit more about that process? You bet, Cynthia. That Our process starts with a salesperson who is really like a technical consultant uh, to the customer. So we're, we're in the plants of our customers every week. And um, they may have something that is, uh, they'll say, we need to solve for this, but we don't have an idea how to do it. So we'll start with the concept and, um, and take it from there. So after that, we have an engineering team that will design the mechanical and the electrical systems. We will design the tooling that goes on the end of a robotic arm, all the, the safety that goes around it, because safety is a pretty big part of these systems. Mm-hmm. And then do one of the core things we do is, is the actual programming of the robot. So that's our core value, and you're, you're correct in that we do buy the robotic arm. Uh, in this case, it's, it's an ABB robotic arm. And so, so what kinds of industries are growth industries right now for expanding their use of robotics? And maybe it's everybody, but <laughs> um, what, what, what are you seeing most? Well, as you can imagine, it is a, there are growth areas all over the place. We focus on building products, and that is, of course, a big bucket of sub-industries. Within building products, we have found opportunity in primary uh, wood products, so think lumber, plywood, and oriented strand board or OSB. More Can you more explain what that is? I don't know what oriented strand board is. Oh, it, it's a it's a panel product um, that you would use to, to as wall sheathing or roof sheathing on a home. Oh, okay. Um, mm-hmm. So it looks like plywood in its form. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's that's one big area for us. We also more and more are seeing opportunities in what we call secondary wood products. So uh, moving doors, uh, doing processing to doors, furniture, different trim and moldings and different composites. So build, but building products in general. 
Interesting. And where are most of your customers? Where, you know, are you mostly West Coast? Are you international? They are scattered about. We have um, many customers here in Oregon and some right there in the Rogue Valley um, because of the the timber industry here. Mm-hmm. We also have, if I were to to, to uh, narrow it down, we have quite a few customers in the Southeast. Mm-hmm. And um, other than that, it's it's sprinkled around and, and our our coverage is North America. So we ship jobs all over the U.S., some in Canada, and, and then we actually have a, an older installation in the U.K. Huh, interesting. And so, you know, if, if I'm someone who's, say, making molding for uh, housing trim and I need a robot from you, what would make me want to choose your system or your your engineering expertise um, over someone else's? What? How do you distinguish yourselves? That's a great question, Cynthia. It, there would be a process where you would speak to our uh, technical team, and our niche really is in wood products. Wood has some characteristics that make it tricky to handle, hmm. and so it would be pretty obvious that that our guys have expertise in that area. Also, a lot of our customers, just like you did, look at the website, uh, look at our YouTube page. Um, we try to keep things fresh on social media. So we found that 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 displaying our projects and showcasing our projects is is actually one of the best sales tools we have. And you can see wood moving around there. So. Um, if you were a molding person, you would you would see some examples of, of previous work. Huh. So, so what is it about wood that makes it, you know, take a particular kind of expertise? Well, the robotics really came into play in the U.S. in the automotive industry and have been for for three or four decades. And metal is a machined product, so it's very predictable. It's very consistent. Um, wood is not, it's, it's a living product. And, um, if you use vacuum to say, pick up a piece of veneer, um, there can be holes in that veneer. It can be wavy lumber is, you know, not, not like plastic. So, so there are things you have to do to compensate for the irregular irregularity of the product. And that's, that's what I mean by that. Oh, thanks. That's very helpful. So just wood, that makes a lot of sense that wood would have a lot of variability in it that plastic or metal wouldn't. Um, and, and right, so, right. Yeah. So how, so, so does does the um, ro- is a robot sort of supervised by a human who could say, oh, you're off by here? Or are you able to put a lot of quality control um, uh, features into into the robot so that it can direct what what happens and what is when it get when it itself gets off if it does? Yes, there there are a growing number of, of data points that you can get uh, just from the tooling of the robot. So things like the product weight and the dimensions and, and characteristics of the product that, that that robot is handling or is processing. Um, so the, the robot can take that data and if, and we can set parameters, whereas if something is between this range and this range, uh, it's good if it gets outside stop the process, let a um, operator come in and, and do some troubleshooting. So there's some self-monitoring uh, with the robot. And we also use robots to QC products. So 
um, we incorporate vision uh, on robots. So, so scanning lumber uh, to see physical defects, you know, a corner's not square or a chunk is taken out of the end of a board or a, or a panel, our robots can, can do some quality control with that too. But in most cases, there is a operator still interfacing with our robot. These aren't what we would call lights out system where they just run um, when nobody's there. I see. So it's not like the robot can run a whole extra shift for a day. No. And, and like anything in a plant, there's, there's maintenance and, and, um, and things to look over as you go. Yep. Sure. Sure. So you mentioned something about it being a little bit like running a video game. Can you just comment on how you see, you know, virtual reality or augmented reality informing what you do? Yeah, well, that's that's an exciting part of the business, and not just in robotics, but um, there's there's some examples that that we've implemented, and I think there's a lot more room to grow there. For instance, anything we design, we can export into a a three D file that that um, you can view with, say, um, uh, well, Oculus. Uh, uh, eyeglasses or we have some eyeglasses uh, called HoloLens and you can see your system in whatever room you're standing in. So you can see the dimensions, you can watch it in simulated motion and get a feel for what it would look like in your plant. Another way is we can give augmented reality glasses to a customer and they can be on the other side of the country. They can have a problem, open up a control panel, have the glasses on, and our technicians here in Roseburg can see what they're seeing. They can bring up manuals or documentation related to that cabinet. They can actually annotate, annotate what's happening and walk a, walk a maintenance person or a technician on the other side through a fix. And as you can imagine, that's way worth the cost of a couple of plane tickets to go service that. So that's a, a couple of examples, the way we use virtual reality and augmented reality. Um, so it sounds like, you know, Seven Robotics is really forging the future of construction materials for, for housing. So really appreciate your coming on the ground floor and explaining what you do. Just really great to have you on the show today. So thanks very much. This is the ground floor on the Jefferson Exchange. You can find us online at jeffexchange.org or you can subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. 